0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Souls Engaged. Wow, it has been a hot minute since we posted our last episode. It's great to be back. Today we have invited a very special guest with us. She was our facilitator for the C2C program we all attended and now she has become our very own mentor in advising us on our monthly podcast episodes. Let's give a warm welcome to the lovely
1: Vina. Hey everyone. Hello. I'm Vina. So, wow, I can't believe I'm actually here as a guest speaker. (laughs) Yeah,
0: finally. So, Vina isn't just our mentor, but we have especially invited her today for a reason. As you all know, we have previously invited mental health warriors and student supporters to share their experiences. In our past episodes, today, we are proud to have Veena because she's also a professional member from Cal, Caregivers Alliance Limited, to share her unique and enriching experiences in her own mental health journey, coaching experiences, and share useful self-care practices she adopts. Yeah,
1: in Cal, I'm actually the Outreach and Program Manager in charge of Children and Youth Matters. I actually oversee the Young Caregivers Program that our Souls Engage team have attended Mm as well as the trauma-informed care training. Mm.
2: Yeah, I remember you shared about your mental health journey with us when you coached us during the C2C program. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, (sighs) and that was something that I have always respected and felt that your journey sharing has helped me and everyone gain a better understanding of mental health warriors like yourself. Mm. And I think it's definitely not easy to share about your struggles to a big group of people that you are not really close with. So I really, really admire your courage. Are you okay with sharing your mental health journey with the listeners?
1: Sure. Um, well, I was first diagnosed with depression in 2013. Mm. was going through a work-related burnout. Mm. Thereafter, I was prescribed to take some antidepressants by a psychiatrist I was seeing at the time. I also decided to see a therapist as I personally believe therapy helps in my recovery journey. Ooh, what inspired you to like, seek help on your own? Like, for me, I've always been the helper um, on the other side of the seat, actually helping people. Mm. And I just realized that I was the one who needed the help this time around. So I really needed mm. to be heard and listened to. Oh. It's a great choice. Yeah, it was. And I definitely would recommend it to anyone. At the time, I was convinced that meds was also something I didn't need to be on on the long term. So I decided to go off it after a couple of months when I was getting better. (laughs) But in two years time, I went through another period of depression again due to work-related burnout, a recurrent theme for me personally. (laughs) And similarly, I went through the cycle of taking meds again for a period of time, uh, and it got me on the road to recovery again in about six months at that point, mm-hmm. with therapy too, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the next major hit for me was 2017, my epic year as I call it. Uh, I went through a slip disc surgery as well as breaking out with my fiance. So I didn't realize at the time I had spiraled into depression yet again.
2: Actually, back then, did anyone around you realize that you have spiraled into depression, like your friends or your family?
1: Yeah, actually, strangely enough, none of them realized it at the time. They just knew mm. something was off with me, mm. but they just couldn't quite put their finger on it. Mm. Yeah. So um, after recovering from my back surgery for two months at home, I returned to work thinking I'd be the same high-functioning person I was. But this was really far from reality for me. Um, started going through panic attacks at work, having memory lapses, and I was overwhelmed by feelings of shame and despair. Oh, panic attacks at work. How uh, did you
0: deal with it then?
1: I used to lock myself in the storeroom or even huddle under my desk at times just to find a place to breathe and just to mm. settle my mm. nerves. So it was really um, a crappy time for me, but you know that was the best that I could make of it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that was the worst mental health breakdown I had by far, and I also had a lot of thoughts of committing suicide. Mm. Um, Luckily, it was at one of my therapy sessions when I actually tried to run away to commit my suicide plans. That my therapist recognized that I was in crisis. Hmm. She recommended I see a psychiatrist that she knew ASAP. So my parents drove me to NUH Neuroscience Clinic to see the psychiatrist Hmm. straight away and I was hospitalized for three weeks. Hmm. So,
2: yeah. Um, I think this can be quite a sensitive question, but... Do you think that back then, your parents' decision to drive you to the hospital was a bad one? Oh, that was a big yes.
1: (laughs) I definitely (laughs) felt it was a bad, bad decision. Mm. And I was really pissed off with them for actually making that Mm. decision at that time. But I I just really realized that, you know, this was something in hindsight that needed to be done. Mm. And they just needed a a breather as well because they were at their wit's end about how to help me at that point Mm. of time. Mm. Yeah, so being warded was one of the toughest yet necessary experiences in my life. You know, I struggled to manage my mixed up thoughts and roller coaster of emotions while I was also disconnected from my phone most of the time. Kind of interacting with fellow patients who were also struggling with their own mental health challenges was real eye-opener for me mm. and made me realize I wasn't alone. I even learned to strum the ukulele and I engaged in some activities like playing table tennis and jenga to occupy my time. Hmm, that's pretty nice. Like at least like you're like share
0: similar struggles together and you don't mm. feel so isolated in your own world.
1: Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of heart to heart talks in late oh. into the night as well. Mm. So those are some of the memories that I also hold dear. Do you still keep in contact with them? Um, unfortunately, no, because at that point of time, it wasn't recommended by the the professionals and so on. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like went our own ways, but I have met one or two people in through the course of my, uh, mental health advocacy who were also in the ward at that point of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't say that I've been free from setbacks since then, but they've been far shorter and easier to recover from. A constant for me has been to engage in therapy at least fortnightly and that's a real game changer. Wow, you're very disciplined. Yeah, when it comes to therapy at least. I yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. good,
0: that's good. We're proud of
1: you. Yeah. So, you know, having this safe space with my therapist who I trust and who knows my history mm. and so on has really impacted me in a way because it helps me make sense of situations that I mm. go through and it's really healed me to a great extent. Hmm.
2: Actually, I have a personal question to ask. Do you think that the words that came out from a mentally unstable person should be taken seriously, especially if it threatens other people's safety?
1: Definitely. I think we should always take it seriously whenever Mm. someone Mm. who is mentally not well, who says certain things, especially if they feel like they want to hurt other people around Mm. them, a lot of it is actually stemming from their own Uh, dark pain Mm -hmm. and hurt Mm -hmm. that they're going through so I think we really need to wrap around them and actually do something to support them at that point of time Mm
2: -hmm. and prevent
1: other people from being hurt as well
2: Uh, what happens if okay like for example today the person is unstable and she said those threatening stuff and the next day she stable again and feels sorry for what she said
1: I think we need to just take the person at that point of time when we're interacting mm-hmm. with them and we need to give them take them at face value of what they're actually sharing with us and also give them the grace to actually change their minds as well mm-hmm. because sometimes they may not have been in the right state frame of mind when mm-hmm. they said certain things mm-hmm. and when they're better maybe they've kind of made sense of it and they don't have such intentions anymore of hurting others mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. Oh, yeah, I feel educated
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm, wow, sending us. <laughs> wow. Okay, thanks so much for being so open. Like, yeah. really, like, I really admire how candid you are. And, yeah. like, just even detailing your life story is just so brave. And, like, even I feel empowered by you right now. So, what empowered you to want to do more? Now, like, you have become an, an active member in a mental health non-profit
1: organization. I guess for me, you know, I've been so blessed along the way with so many opportunities that have strengthened my recovery journey. Mm. One example was actually applying for and being accepted into the peer support specialist training by the National Council of Social Service. So our teacher in the course, Chris Martin, not the co <laughs>
2: wish.
1: wish. Yeah, he was such an inspirational guru who really role-modeled what mental health recovery is about and really motivated me to want to step up more as a mental health advocate in the community. I was also given the opportunity to do my practicum in Cal, where the executive director, Tim Lee, believed in my ability to value-add to our work. And he actually encouraged me to share my own lived experience with the caregivers of loved ones with mental health conditions. I realized the more I give back, the more I further strengthen my sense of purpose and meaning in life, too. Wow,
2: that's really amazing, you know, especially from dealing with our own struggles to helping others today. It's something that. I really respect and I feel that our listeners really respect and it's definitely not easy to do so. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious on how you practice self-care, especially when you were in those, um, I would say, dark period of your life. Because I think everyone has different perspectives towards self-care, their own unique definition of what self-care can be like.
1: For me, personally, I would say playing with my pet dog, Mia, who I got actually as part of my recovery journey as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was like a little ball of anxiety as well, similar (laughs) to me at that point of time. And you felt connected. And I felt that that strange, special connection Mm -hmm. with her, so... Yeah, bringing her for walks in the park. I journal sometimes, and I work on my workbook on self-love, Ooh. and I love to listen to motivational podcasts like Souls and games Yeah, and some treats I also like to give myself is getting massages and makan sessions with my friends. Ooh. Oh, that sounds great right now. Yes. Like, I want to go now. So that sounds really fun. It's
0: good to know yourself and know what helps you relax the most. Well... I mean, I, I love music, as you know. So mm. self-care for me is more like listening and just singing to mm. my comf- comfort songs. Um, maybe just writing a few songs on my own. Getting lost in my own creative world. Mm. Doing something artsy like painting and even yes. just relaxing at the beach, you know. Just lying yeah, there self-care. is also self-care. So what about you, Mac?
2: Actually, same as Amanda. I love mm. singing, so I Woo! sing whenever wow. I'm free.
0: That's and for a band.
2: <laughs> <laughs> And I even thought of joining yoga sessions to just fully relax and keep myself from thinking about the things that I'm facing.
1: Mm. Another self-care tip I really want to encourage you guys listening out there is therapy. Think of it as a regular checkout for your mind and your heart, mm. right? It's how, like, we would go for a physical checkout with our doctor yearly. Consider seeing a therapist to take care of our mental wellness. I promise it will be one of the best investments you make in yourself.
0: I think that makes such a great point, like, I think even us ourselves, we we have to like constantly tell ourselves that it's not that bad, you know? Like it's not how bad the world paints it as. It's actually Mm -hmm. good for yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah,
0: I think like I'm actually considering to to do so myself soon. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that was a great chat about self-care and the recovery journey. So I hope you guys have gained new insights and feel free to reach out to us on Instagram if you have any queries. So before we end, shall we each give just a few words of encouragement to our listeners?
2: Hmm, um, I really like this quote from Bob Marley. Hmm. You never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. So to everyone out there who are having a rough time, remember that you are so much more than you think. Keep going and you are doing great.
0: I totally agree. I think I just want to say that no matter how busy we get,
2: Mm. be
0: it in school or at work, remember to always create opportunities for self-care amidst our busy, busy lives. Mm. It can be as simple as, let's say, listening to relaxing music on our daily commute Mm. or making your favorite breakfast to positively start your day
1: do what makes you happy. Yeah. I'm so encouraged by all your wonderful words. i just like to add that please know your worth is more than the job that you do, mm. the course that you're studying, mm. or any of your achievements. To quote from one of my favourite poems, Desiderata by Max Ehrman, you are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. Aww. That was deep. <laughs> okay that's the end of our podcast for
0: today thank you all for tuning in and staying to the very end we appreciate the tremendous support we have received your kind words on social media we have received so many nice messages Mm -hmm. thank you thank you so much we hope you guys have had some takeaways from our podcast at least don't forget to follow us on instagram at Souls Engaged for weekly updates and feel free to send in your personal stories do not be shy and with content it will be featured in our next finale episode yes you heard it our final episode next month will be a very special and heartwarming one and we want all of you to participate in it. so stay tuned to find out
2: more so here's a useful hotline for anyone out there who needs someone to talk to or to seek help caregivers who need someone to talk to can contact Cal as well the hotline will be 64604400 Do not worry if you are not able to catch it. It will be stated on our Instagram page. Thank you and bye! Bye.